Welcome to Elevate Ed for SC, a video podcast series exploring education transformation in South Carolina. I'm your host, Rashonda Pratt. If you believe that it's time to elevate the conversation from traditional reform ideas and move to real transformation, then you're in the right place. In this series, you'll hear success stories of how education transformation is already happening in some South Carolina schools. This vodcast first season will tell stories, raise questions, and look at solutions, some radical and some right in front of us. We look forward to sharing those stories with you. The sponsor of this vodcast is All for SC, a University of South Carolina initiative that is leading the way in advocating a whole child approach to education. We're coming to you from the beautiful Kennedy Greenhouse Studio on the U of SC Horseshoe. In this episode, we continue our conversation of transforming learning environments. This time, we hear directly from those in the school building every day, educators and their students. In our first segment, Mary Jones joins us to talk with a high school senior from the Midlands to learn more about transforming our schools. Merritt is a fellow with All for SC, an advisor with Student Voice, and one of our regular contributors. In this segment, we welcome Merritt and Linda Funkhauser, a senior at Lexington High School. Linda is involved with the Center for Law and Global Policy at River Bluff High School and also with the Historical Preservation Society. Linda, you already have a great resume. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Merritt, as always, great to have you here. Glad that we can get this student perspective from you. So, Linda, first, tell us a little bit about yourself, your passions and the things that you enjoy doing. Well, outside of school, I play lacrosse. It takes up a lot of my time. And I'm with the Historical Preservation Society, so on some weekends we go and clean up uh, around the school to try and preserve the historical sites that are on campus. And we also have uh, Tars and Yads. It's a political party group that we discuss debate and debate um, before school, so that takes up a lot of my time. I'm pretty passionate about mostly just like equality and like education and in mm -hmm. the justice system and I hope I can get a job in the future that leads me to push for equality later in life. Well, speaking of future, what does the future look like for you as it pertains to our beautiful state of South Carolina? Well, for education, not to pat my um, school district on the back, but it does look <laughs> a lot like Lexington One. I think we have a great success rate in either the workforce or in higher education, mm -hmm. and I think that's because we're doing something right. And in my opinion, that's something right is the job-based classes we have. You mentioned I was in the law center, but we also have a medical center, like clinicals. You can get a CNA certification. You can also get certified in welding or in cosmetology. Um, these certifications lead to success later in life, and I think these classes are important to implement in every school district in South Carolina. I love to hear that. Merritt, you're a regular contributor here. We're going to bring you into this conversation. Can you share some of those perspectives that you're hearing from students um, across South Carolina? I think most perspectives aren't too different from Linda's. I think students want opportunities to explore the workforce before they leave high school. Um, I was also part of the Center for Long Global yeah. Policy um, that Linda's a part of, and that work-based experience for me was vital. I knew that I got to have access to internships during the school day. And we know that that access piece is so important. Mm -hmm. And that not only um, access, but in the last episode we talked about broadband. There's opportunities to virtually provide job-based experiences and internships and externships for students using the power of technology. We can provide virtual internships for young people, um, particularly those in the most rural areas. I, worked with students in Fairfield County, and you're going to later in this episode hear from one of their teachers. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what they told us when we worked with them, that they want access to education that 
is related to their interest, where they get to explore different job opportunities, where they get to start thinking about and exploring passions before they ever go on to enter the workforce or go into higher education. I think that experience in high school really should allow you to explore and figure out what, what you like and what you don't like. And just really discovering what those passions are. Like for Linda to know that mm -hmm. she cares about history before she ever goes off to college, that's what we want to be able to know um, and, and get access to and some exposure to before you have to try 12 different majors and, and figure it out. And right. Spend lots of time and money on it too. As a parent, I totally like this idea yeah. because I actually have a 14-year-old who's getting ready to go into high school, and this is one of the things that we've been looking at, a high school that gives her that real-world experience because she wants to become a pediatrician. Yeah. So why isn't this already happening across the board in South Carolina? What do you, what do you think is the holdup? I think you know some of it is, is really innovative partnerships that need to happen between business communities, between mm. You know, so many different kinds of folks who have resources and would love to have young people in their workplaces, would love to be able to provide access to, you know, mentorship or other job-related and interest-related opportunities. But I think there's, for years, you know, we have high school leadership turnover and teacher turnover, and I think some of those partnerships get lost. And um, yeah. particularly in districts, you know, when we have several districts in a county, it, those partnerships aren't always happening across districts. We have an awesome example up in Anderson County of mm -hmm. several different districts working across district lines in Anderson County to provide incredible job-based opportunities. They're working on an artificial intelligence program up in the Anderson Institute of wow. Technology. And like that's the future. We, we just heard um, um, previously in the last episode about broadband and all the different kinds of careers it can create when students get access to technology and get access to it early. Um, and that's what we need to be thinking about. I love it. Linda, what did you want to add to that? Yeah, I would just like to say, like, we're lucky to be where we are because my internships and stuff were able to be at the State House, but these internships aren't just um, located in Columbia. There are places everywhere that every student can get involved in, and I think these opportunities are there. We're just not either taking advantage of them or funding them correctly. In your experience, and because you are, your school district is doing it well, they're doing it right. What you've said at your own mouth, they're doing it right. How has this helped you prepare for your future? Well, it's helped a lot. I've had two externships that I've got done a part of, been a part of this past year. Mm -hmm. I worked at a law firm, and right now I'm uh, externing with Senator Mike Fanning, and it really has pushed me a little bit away from the law side of things and more into the policy side of things, which actually helped me save a little bit of money from law school because <laughs> now I realize it might not be my passion. I think putting these people in these experiences helps them realize what they want to do or what they don't want to do. And that's a really important decision to make really young, especially with how important college is right now. Mm -hmm. Merritt, I want to bring you into the conversation. We know we have a lot of educators. We have a lot of business people in the business community that listen to this vodcast. They're listening to Linda's experience and they're thinking, can I bring something like this to my community, to my county, to my district? What would you tell them? Yes, absolutely. I think school districts, are always wanting these things and I think sometimes they get so bogged down in the building and putting out fires that it, it's hard for them to go out into the community and we're working on that at all for SC to making sure that communities and schools and districts are all connected mm -hmm. um, but districts and businesses can always offer their services if, if you know that you have a mentorship service or know that you have a spot for an intern going to a district office um, right it's, it's a really great place or a school principal where you know that that can be in the building mm -hmm. absolutely offer those services I think schools are looking for them being in schools and visiting schools is a great way to get right in there and have those conversations one-on-one -on -one. and 
I know school districts are interested in having them. Awesome. Linda, as a student who's benefiting from this kind of collaboration, what would you say to other educators, business owners, or even students about advocating for themselves? Because we want the student perspective. What would you say to them? I think these programs are needed in schools as principals and as students we need to advocate for these opportunities. Internships are everywhere, they just have to be shown to everybody. If you know of one and you want to bring it to school's attention, you should make them give you the opportunity. I love it. Thanks, Linda. Love what you're doing. I'm telling you, your future is bright, young lady. Thank you for being here. And Mary, as always, we love to have your perspective. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Elevate Ed for SC. Our next guest is Veronica Thomas. She's a mathematics teacher and the STEM program coordinator at Fairfield Central High School. She's also the Fairfield District Teacher of the Year. Veronica joins us with Barnett Berry, one of our regular contributors, and they'll be tuning in as we continue this conversation about policy and innovation. Stay tuned. Our guest today is Veronica Thomas. She's a mathematics teacher and the STEM program coordinator at Fairfield Central High School. She's also the Fairfield District Teacher of the Year. Welcome, Veronica. We're so glad that you are here. Thank and Barnett, you. thank you for joining us and being part of the conversation. Of course. Veronica joins us with Barnett Berry, one of our regular contributors. He's a research professor and senior director for policy and innovation at U of SC's College of Education. Barnett, we talk a lot about this whole child approach on this vodcast, but what does that mean when we're talking about the whole child as it pertains to educators? Well, first of all, Ro, uh, fabulous teachers like Veronica, especially even during the pandemic, mm -hmm. found some, with some additional time, additional ways to really create more whole child experiences for our young people and found a wide array of innovations uh, to serve them and their families. At the same time, I will say our system in education in South Carolina and as well as across the nation doesn't give teachers like Veronica the time they need to find those innovations on a systematic basis. We know how to do this. Um, and if we don't begin to uh, give more space for Ver teachers like Veronica to lead more, then we're not going to make sure that every kid has opportunities to find their passions as well as find life success um, in the future. Veronica, from your perspective, what do you think is needed for teachers to feel supported in this whole teacher approach? Um, there are kind of three things that I kind of want to really focus on for that teacher. Um, in order for him or her to be that whole teacher for that whole child, first of all, we have to have relevant professional developments. Please don't send me, um, I'm a high school person, to something for an elementary class. You know, that's not going to really, um, something I can take and pull back to my classroom. But mm -hmm. if we have relevant um, professional development opportunities for our teachers that are actually based on the situation that we have in-house. Um, me being at my school may be different from school B. You know, I may have a higher population of students who are having issues with reading literacy, but then school B may not have that issue, that issue or situation. So let me have something where I can create some type of curriculum to support teachers um, with relevant PD. The second thing that I think we really need to do is have more peer-to-peer uh, -peer observation opportunities opportunities. You know, I go to this professional development to learn all of these wonderful things, mm -hmm. but where am I going to see it in action? And so giving that, that teacher an opportunity to go see someone else who has mastered it and then to be able to take that and take that back to his or her classroom, I think is good. 
The third thing that we really need to do that has, uh, the pandemic has really highlighted is focus on the social, emotional development and needs of our teachers. Our teachers already have, just like children, have lots of burdens and things that they carry at home. And not only when we come to school, we leave our things at home and we take on the load of our students so that they don't have to worry about that for that hour and 30 minutes they're in our classroom. Mm. So if we can have opportunities, uh, recently one of our uh, assistant principals, they um, did a PD day based on um, emotional and uh, mental health awareness for our teachers and we had an amazing day on that day. And our principal wow. just let us just focus on that for that particular day. We still did our small professional development in our PLCs, but our whole focus was that for that day was just making sure that as a whole teacher, our mental health was intact, that we had those relationships with each other, that we can really depend on our, our, our colleagues whenever we need it to. So those are the three things I really want us to focus on. Boy, Veronica is so spot on, but here's what we need to do, which we haven't done yet. In most top performing jurisdictions around the world in terms mm -hmm. of the education systems, Teachers often have up to 15 hours a week to do that type of teacher-led learning. Right. And the teacher evaluation systems in those countries are more about teachers spreading their expertise to each other and not some checkbox uh, sort of approach to uh, teaching effectiveness. And at the same time, uh, I will tell you that we can really get this done here mm -hmm. because teachers are beginning to do it already, but we just don't have the system and the apparatus in place to make sure it is sustained over time. Veronica, you've been teaching and leading during a pandemic. So what are some of the innovative things that you have learned or are implementing? Um, one thing, of course, the obvious is virtual learning and teaching online. Um, that is both a blessing and a curse, a blessing for the student who does not like the distractions in their classroom. They can really right. benefit from that and those students can really ex you know, excel in their areas of learning. Um, but a curse for the teacher who does not have that relevant professional development as mentioned earlier to really bring her, him or her up to speed so that she can use those tools to better teach our child. Mm -hmm. So having those professional development things has kind of um, allowed us to really kind of do virtual learning a little better. Love this it. is the radical part. Mm -hmm. We got to get out of the one teacher, one classroom model of both teaching as well as professional learning. Yeah. Got to think about more as teachers as teams, teachers with distributed expertise, uh, working with each other across schools mm -hmm. or even districts. Mm -hmm. Just Veronica's expertise could be spread to other kids and other teachers and other buildings if mm -hmm. we created time and space for them to do so. This is what the, this is what other countries are doing now, and this is what our state needs to move toward. I love it. Barnett, you've been having this conversation with teacher leaders all across South Carolina. What else are they saying about what is really needed for real transformation in our schools? They need more time to work with allied professionals as well as their colleagues to tend to the whole child. They are doing so much great work. We, are, we have blessings of all these 55,000 teachers in, the, in, in South Carolina, mm -hmm. and we're not utilizing our leaders like Veronica to help really gel them together in a more comprehensive whole child, whole teacher approach. Veronica, I'm gonna bring you into this conversation here mm -hmm. because as a parent, we've talked a lot during this vodcast about a collaboration of working yeah. with our business community and educators, but as a parent, how can I help support you in the efforts that you're doing in the classroom? 
And that's one of the other innovations that came out of this pandemic, um, having opportunities for parents to attend meet meetings virtually, um, parent-teacher conferences virtually. They can now have it um, at 11.30 on their lunch break and log in and see us virtually and have any, you know, answer any questions without having to drive up to the school to be there every single time. So um, attending those meetings when we have them and we ask you to come. But now with the pandemic, again, there's no longer um, an obstacle for, teacher, for parents to attend. And so I love that as one of the innovations for parent part involvement. It's part Thank of a project you. that I'm working on with um, Arizona State University mm -hmm. uh, saw a school the other day uh, where six teachers, some and some of them are interns, some of them are paraprofessionals, some of them are master teachers like Veronica, are all working together in multiple rooms that are connected to serve 110 kids at one time. But six of them serving mm -hmm. 110. Two things that uh, occurred in my conversations with those teachers that are just absolutely powerful. You're not going to believe this. Mm -hmm. The first of them said they were not stressed during the pandemic mm -hmm. because they worked as a team. Right. And then the other piece that was so amazing is that one of the teachers says, it's a third grade group, said, I now know 110 kids much more better as whole child, whole children mm -hmm. than I did when I taught them separately at only 30 in my classroom. That was powerful and we can create such systems here uh, in South Carolina. I love this. What I get from this discussion with you all today is we're better together, right, Barnett? Absolutely. I love it. Veronica, thank you so much for the work that you do in a classroom She's and being best. a part of this conversation. <laughs> You're amazing. Thank you so much for taking time out of your school day to join us for this conversation. You've given us a lot to think about. And that's why we're here, to elevate the conversation about what real transformation in education would look like. We've got more lively and engaging conversations like this coming your way. Make sure to connect to elevateedforsc.com for this episode's show notes, stories, and additional research. Follow us on social media, Elevate Ed for SC, and tell us what you think about what we've discussed today. Drop us a DM or visit our website. Shoot us an email. If you're a podcast listener, please subscribe through Apple or Spotify. And leave us a five-star review if you like what you hear. Elevate Ed for SC is a production of U of SC's College of Education and College of Information and Communications in partnership with All for SC and the Tri-County Cradle to Career Collaborative. You've been elevated. See you next time.